Adulting.ca. That's A D U L T B R A I N.ca. Well, listen to this. There's a star that borders Virgo called 70 Virginis. That's your 70 virgins. There's one in Virgo, so that's 71. And the 72nd Virgo is the virgin you marry on Earth and have a family with. Those are your 72 virgins. Okay, guys, welcome back to the America Show. We are going to be chatting with uh, third-time guest, Micah Dank, about uh, his... Into the rabbit hole series. We're talking about revelations this time. Spending more time talking about that because he's getting ready to decode the Bible. So uh, another nice chat with Mr. Dank. And we got uh, some listener stuff coming up. A local listener actually has sent in a big thing that Graham has narrated, like an audio book that will be attached to this a little later on. We'll have a little sort of setup for that coming up too, though, in a little bit. And we got we got uh, Homie Romy. From I believe the Union of the Unwanted is that no, rising we rising from the ashes? Yeah, what, yeah. But did we meet on Union? How did we meet in the Union group? Oh no, no. Um, love you, Union. though, with with Sam and Charlie and those guys. Or maybe it's the Alt Media one. Yes, yes, yep, 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 yeah. In the Alt Media, shout out to Mark. Shout out to Alt Media AMU. Fucking cool, amazing podcast collective. Like so many random amazing humans in that little collective uh but yeah we just swapped cast a few months back it was pretty fun uh popped our uh popped our cherry man because we were really stoked to meet you guys because you guys are pretty much ogs in this realm so that was a it was a big blessing for us it still doesn't really feel like it to us <laughs> totally it's so weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> But it's great to see all these all these podcasts popping up. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. I was on a little uh, in a tavern the other night on with a Third Eye podcast with a bunch of people, and yeah, it's just great to see all these people opening up and talking about all these crazy convers- topics and stuff. You know, and you guys have a great one, Rising from the Ashes. You were telling us uh, on our little our other platform there how you do these theme thematic things. I think that's a great idea. Like you had a couple of months there where you did themes on on different things. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Oh yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, uh, due to the nature of, uh, you know, looking into history, it's broad. Right. And so we were kind of trying to just have some sort of organization. Cause Dan and I, we had just met like a couple weeks ago in person for the first time. Like we'd never met before <laughs> we met each other off of like, uh, uh, I left a voicemail on THC uh, plus like the, the, the voicemail chat and Greg played my voicemail um, and he hit me up. He's like, dude, like I was on there ranting about NASA. I was like, fucking NASA, they're lying about space. And uh, he's like, dude, you sound really uh, uh, passionate, man. Let's start a podcast. And I was like. <laughs> shit man i okay um but yeah so we in order to kind of wrap our heads around this bigger picture we're trying to to paint and you know to kind of guide our our fellow humans through and with it as we all join together obviously um in a harmonious nature of understanding what the fuck's really going on we have decided to break it up into months so we can do deep dives during that month and so we just wrapped up atlantis lemuria month 
which was just mind melting. We had a couple interviews that were really good. There's this lady, uh, Sarah Berkshire. She wrote a hypnotist journey to Atlantis where all her clients, she puts through hypnosis and then tell her about the Atlantis days. And it's, I'll tell you guys a little secret. It's a lot of fucking aliens. (laughs) Usually is. (laughs) Apparently that's the history, man. Like crash landed ships created Atlantis and it was a feud similar to the Anunnaki story. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's been good because um, we can now, you know, kind of have more directed focus and, you know, uh, the nature of, of, uh, the nature of our mind deserves structure as the beehive. So, so be it. Nice. So has that, has that helped you? Uh, do you find it hard to switch topics? Do you feel like you want to keep going down those specialized <laughs> things or? <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's actually funny you say that. Cause once you get into it, you know, you're like, uh, um, you know, a few weeks into it or whatever you're ending. Cause you're like, they're ah. deep, right? Yeah. They're deep. It's not like you can yeah. just, you, can, you know, four episodes might not even be enough to cover some of these things. Well, you're coming on to, uh, next month to do our ancient Americas. Yeah. Shout out to Dan and really Dan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm going to go on and talk about some of the audiobooks we've done. Dude, I'm, I'm really stoked on that because there's, I think this huge missing gap of history, um, about, the Americas, obviously, right? Like it's, it's a lot, a lot of strange construed coding that's gone into the, the narrative. So, you know, just to try to be able to pull on some threads and tighten it up. But the conquistadorian period is just one of these things where it's just like, you read it and you're like, how the, no, I don't believe it. They're, they're high. They're killing giants for some other occultic reason. I don't know what the fuck's going on here, but yeah, man. Maybe they're just eating them. Maybe giant is delicious. Oh, there was actually, uh, I mean, I could, I could see that maybe more tender meat, you know, it's not so small, compact. It's like a big giant pig. <laughs> you feed the whole family for a while. Especially, feed the whole if tribe. A, especially if the giant's still eating like close to the earth, you know, it's very well fed, like a wild pig, <laughs> wild giant pig. Herbivore giant. Maybe I solved the whole puzzle. <laughs> Oh shit! There it is. And one fucked. Then one fucked a monkey. Well, one, and here we are. One of the ancient humans. Egypt books I was reading, they talk about the hunter gatherers and the totemism and the cannibalism. So they would eat the mothers after a certain while. Once the mothers get like sort of not productive anymore, and they get to their you know probably fifties, sixties, they just, just mow down on the mum. You just cook them. They just cook them. Pretty weird. Like deep fried or boiled. Well, I, don't, I don't think they got into like recipes and stuff. No recipes. Book, no. Uh, you can't, maybe, if there's no maybe. recipe, you can't trust it. I need a recipe. <laughs> Not real. Not real. Uh, <laughs> I know in Polynesian culture, the bones, you know, bones are an extension of that, of that person's greatness. So rocking the bones, you know, like allows you to kind of like tap into that, that energy of that other people. So it's, there, that's another thing with cannibalism. I think, you know, when you see the word cannibalism thrown throughout history, it's like, okay, there's something there, you know, they, they want us to think these people were savages, but I, you know, there was something more spiritual going on. Yeah. That's a good point. That's kind of what this book gets into. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think maybe we could take people's power if we eat them? Should I be yeah, eating that's more people? What, I think that's kind of what the what he's saying. Yeah. Or some people. I'm just not. I don't need power that bad to eat people. I just won't do it. I'll, I'll die before I eat people. I think. 
So you just draw the line at people. You're okay yeah. eating all these animals. Yeah. And... All right, don't cave you guys in the studio because it's going to get... Someone unlock the door. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we got uh, Romy here to talk about his GoFundMe, uh, which we did mention on our Rockfin show, but we wanted to get it out to the to the broader audience and uh, get it out right away. So this show will be out later today. And I figured this would be a good spot. Wow. That's a big, huge appreciation and ups to you guys for letting me shout this out. I really appreciate it. Um, it feels like there is a dream, you know, coming true. And so the project that we're working on is a sustainable farm and resort on the big island of Hawaii. And I want it to be something that's not really like a... You know, resort you might think of, you know, like a world mark, trademark resort. I want it to be very homey and very kind of a spiritual experience. Um, we've been studying pyramid energy for a while, and we're going to build these tiny little pyramids where you can sleep in. Plants will grow in there, and uh, we're going to have a complete sustainable farm running off of solar energy and a, a water system that, you know, kind of works with like you shower with it, you poop and pee in it, and then it goes and waters the plants. Um, primitive hot tub so you can soak your body because soaking is great, uh, remineralizing. And uh, and yeah, so we're, we're opening up this opportunity to anybody who wants to jump on board with a donation. I will pick you up from the airport and bring you to the farm and you don't have to pay anything while being on the farm. It's kind of like, investing into a, a trip to the island you know like you don't have to get a hotel room you have to stay with a bunch of other people i can give you a really homey experience um and you know obviously there's tiers of it if you go above like you know a couple hundred bucks then i i'm going to show you around the island bring you to special places um and 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 so on and so forth and we can designate it to cater a specific experience because we're only going to host about five people at a time. So I am opening that up to everybody. And our goal is $20,000, which is really minimal in, in my opinion um, of, of starting something like this. Cause sol solar itself can cost up to $20,000 to just install that. So, you know, we're, we're, we're creating sustainable farming, sustainable food, sustainable life, sustainable spiritual energy and we want to help people connect to the land and have experiences that they will i assure you not have anywhere else so um this I on the big island of hawaii yes big island kona side south point down in ocean view next to a major ley line um, one of the chakra points of the earth um and there's a lot of volcanic magmatic energy that, you know, as a as a human, you cannot go there and, and deny that this very raw volcanic energy is there. And um, volcanoes are the original alchemist. You know, they are the alchemist of the earth. They create nuclear fission. They create nuclear energy. They create uh, um, sulfur uh, salt water, you know, all these things like it's, it's volcanoes are so important and integral for everything within our planet. Um, 
you know, so I, I, I really, really connect to the volcano and we can go deeper in this on the Island. And I know you guys are doing a sweet show out, um, or a meetup on, uh, Oahu in January, right? I, we postponed it. It was too close to our Egypt stuff. Yeah. Kind of sandwiched in between a couple of things. So we've, we, uh, postponed it for now. So we haven't decided when we're going to do it yet, but maybe we'll come do it on Kona instead. I mean, that's kind of what I was saying. I was like, Ooh, if we can, we can do something work, work out like, a anything. I'd love to have you guys there and just fucking show you guys around or whoever's going to be with you. Like we could totally do that. That would be amazing. When do you think it'll be ready? Uh, well that's, so right now we're extending the GoFundMe to the end of fall. And when all of our funds are met, we will basically start, um, that's yeah. This once we get that goal, then we can start putting in the infrastructure. There is currently already a house there, um, and and some some infrastructure that we've already started on. Um, I'm currently in California working on the farm that I work on now, um, just getting ready. But uh, but yeah, the, the it's everything uh, is ready. It's ready to go. We got dump trucks, water trucks. 20,000 gallon water reservoir and the open vast starry skies. I don't know if you guys have done much time on the islands, but the stars are next level. The moon is way, way bigger. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we'd want to come do there. If we came there, we'd probably bring Dave Matheson and uh, we'll talk offline about that. Maybe. Oh my God. David Matheson. He's one of my favorites, dude. Yeah, well, that's who we want to go to Hawaii with for sure. We're actually going to see him in just a few weeks. We're going to go see Dave, and that's less than four weeks from today. We'll be hanging out with Dave down in um, Duck Duck Creek, Utah, and we'll be going to Bryce Canyon, Zion Canyon, hanging out all the star, checking out all the stars over Bryce Canyon at night. And Brandon Powell will be there doing the Wim Hof stuff. Wow. And there's a flex day in there where people can do uh, whatever they want as well. There's actually, you might be able to squeeze in. There's a few spots left for that if people want to head over to contact at thecabin.com. We had some people uh, not follow through on their deposit. So if you're looking on, on getting in on that and maybe even at a reduced rate, uh, get a hold of me. And there's, I think, three or four spots that we could maybe squeeze people in. And uh, at this point, I could probably take their deposit off of the ticket price. And, uh, you know, cause we're kind of scrambling here to fill a few last minute spots. So let us know if you're interested in that, reach out to me, let me know, check out contact at the cabin.com for all that stuff. And it's uh, that's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. Huh? That's the good stuff. So <laughs> speaking of the good stuff, the other good stuff is when you guys support the show, this is that uh, people get, make the mistake of thinking we're doing a free podcast here, which in a sense we do do a free podcast, but we do this little bit of uh, value that we think we try to add to the world to your day, to your commute, to your workout, to your, maybe we're at work listening to this shit and we're trying to make it, make you laugh or make you a little smarter or a little dumber or whatever we're doing this week. And if you're getting some value from that, maybe it's worth the price of a cup of coffee or a cheeseburger or a, a cable subscription or is it better than your Netflix, worse than your Netflix, probably better for you. America.ca slash support, .ca slash support. You decide, make a one-time donation or ideally you can sign up for a monthly and then we know, and we can help keep going, keep growing, keep Graham uh, off the streets and uh, all that kind of stuff. Of course, if you want to check out our other content, we have a whole other podcast 
where we deal with stuff that's a little more controversial than the stuff we tend to deal with over here, over at GrimericaOutlaw.ca. Go check that out. Listen to the free show, see what you like, and then there's a whole membership tier over there if you want to check that out. That's not a value-for-value podcast, but you can check it out for free and go listen to a whole bunch of episodes over there for free. It won't cost you a dime. And you can head over to rockfin.com slash gramerica and check over all our video stuff where we just did a great video show with uh, with Romy about alchemy and stuff like that. It was a good one. We did a whole slideshow presentation. Highly recommend checking out the Rockfin channel. Another way to support the show, you can grab our audio books over at adultbrain.ca. Type Grand Dunlop into Audible. That'll all pop up over there too. That supports us as well. All that stuff supports the work we're trying to do over here. Um, so yeah, check all that stuff out, motherfuckers. We appreciate it. We love you for it. We love you anyway, but we love you more. We could love you more. You can also send feedback and synchronicities and stories and encounters and sightings and experiences and trip reports to Graham at GrahamAmerica.com or the P.O. Box. You can even send stuff to the P.O. Box. That P.O. Box contact like, page. I got a uh, I got a letter here from uh, from somebody that I read, and we're going to attach that to the end because it's very interesting. Got a lot of good ideas on what's happening. I mean, I don't agree with a lot of it, some of it actually. I'd like to know from from him what he thinks now because that was after the fourth wave of COVID. That was before the trucker, the freezing of bank accounts, the disillusionment with crypto, and with. Uh, the war in Ukraine and that had the, shifted like, the narrative. So you train know, loading uh, that was the no, one with the train loading locations. Uh, yeah, I talked a bit about that. I left some of that stuff out, but the rest of it's pretty pretty good. Um, I got a story from him here too that I'd like to read, and it has. And then I want to expand on it with my own story. Oh, and that was this all came from actual two separate letters that were mailed to the PO box. Yeah. And huh. then I want to know what Romy thinks about this too. It'd be interesting to see what he thinks. All right, let's hear it. You got, you know, do you want to play the jingle? You can if you want. Get out a pen and paper and write this down, or a pencil. Why don't you send some physical mail to the Grand America Show at PO Box one six zero three three. Next line. Uh huh. 100-815, comma, 17th Avenue, SW. Next line. Uh-huh. Calgary, Alberta. Next line. Uh-huh. Canada. Next line. Uh-huh. T2T, space. Five is super early, or? Box. Why don't you send Darren some dirty socks? Because he's got a dirty sock fetish. Uh-huh. Why don't you send Graham some gold bowling? Because he's got a gold bowling fetish. You know what dirty socks gold. mean, right? You know. Send him some gold. So, so the other thing is he mentioned, he also sent in some longevity stuff and he mentioned Dr. Stephen Gundry. Have you ever heard of Dr. Stephen Gundry, Darren? We were going to have him on the show a few years back and he's got some interesting health, uh, health information and stuff, but he, he talks about carbonation being bad and a bunch of different things about food, but he says it's really good for, uh, for your joints, this longevity and Dr. Gundry's stuff. So I'll link to Gundry's channel on here and maybe we'll have him on one day. But uh, here's the, uh, you ever heard of Gundry, Dr. Stephen Gundry? No, no? I, I first thing kind of yeah. popped in my head was Stephen Greer. But no, no, no I, that's a different one, yeah. So here's the counter. Uh, this is uh, Tall, Dark, and Demonic, my paranormal encounter from 1989. This is yours or his? This is his, and then I'm going to talk about mine Is afterwards. it at the same time? No. So you guys paranormal <laughs> paradate each other? In 1989? Yeah. <laughs> 
No. Uh, my ghost encounter was like city. three years before this, my ghost encounter from that turret. I've probably seen some ghosts around then, too. I was like five, so I was scared of gremlins. Yeah. You're probably seeing shit. Probably. Probably seeing your Before bullshit. your mind got closed up by modern society. My mind's still on that. So in 1989, at the age of 18, I had a paranormal encounter in the city of Fredericton, which is about an hour and a half across the main border into Canada. It happened late at night after all remaining guests at my good friend's house party had crashed. So he would be like, so 18, yeah. Oh, interesting. So there, there was some good parties in the 80s, wow. So it was a large party, so people had to find a spot and sleep wherever they could. The house was like a 1970s bung- bungalow type. In fact, the basement where many of us had crashed was very much like the one from the old sitcom, The 70s Show. My friend's basement was on the B side of the house with some old growth elm and maple trees letting some of the street light through. So with the fog that night, it was somewhat eerie to look through the small basement window of my friend's room where there was about seven or eight of us crashed. My sister and two of her girlfriends took the waterbed leaving the rest of the floor, hallway, and furnace room through the back of the bedroom. So <clears throat> here it gets a little, gets into it here. After a couple hours of sleep, I woke to my sister standing up on the bed in front of the windows, in front of the window light. Still, still in a state of sleep, she was waving and swatting her arms, proclaiming that there was a witch trying to get her and get the witch off her, and to get the witch off her. So groggy myself and not thinking about how I would deal with an invisible apparition, I still instinctively stood up to go and aid, except that that window, a shadow appeared in that window, small at first before gliding down out of the trees, silhouetting in the fog. My attention went mesmerizingly to the shadow thing outside the window. What was I seeing? There was a tall, floating, human-like shadow figure with complete darkness, for a face and what at first looked like a black robe or cape or wings. It moved fast, somehow gliding right through the window to become full-sized in the room and next to my sister who was still standing on the bed. I could scarcely fit full height. It could scarcely fit full height uh, below the ceiling. I looked up at it with its still furled floor-to-ceiling wings, complete with all the vivid details of bat wings. I had to do something. I rushed and lunged at it. But with unbelievable speed, it was right there, nose to nose in my face, towering over me. The teeth, dozens of sharp, brilliant white, sharp-like teeth. Its eyes, my fear. My fear was so great that I cannot explain. It's not that I turned to run in fear. It's more that I was propelled away by a shockwave of evil that blasted out of this thing. I cannot even remember that it was a small wall and ran with great... So... I could not even remember that there was a oh yeah that there was a small wall and he ran with great force into the dark right into this wooden shelf against the wall impacting with the bridge of my nose knocking myself out tearing several layers of uh, thick layers of skin clean off the bridge of my nose nearly down to the bone when I came to my heart was still pounding fiercely and it may have actually stopped for a time I do not know how long I was out but everyone around was st- sound asleep when I regained consciousness. If not for the pain and the torn away flesh that I had to look in the mirror, in the bathroom mirror, I would not have believed what had happened and that I, what I experienced was real. The next morning, no one even remembered or acknowledged that the incident had ever happened. I'm sure that there was a connection somehow with my sister dealing with a witch apparition and my demon entity. Although I thought it could be like a mothman, but I didn't see the red eyes, some kind of cryptid, I guess. There's only a few hundred years of settlement history in the area, but rich just the same. Who knows what dark spirits might have been haunting the area, still overlooking the city. 
So I was reading that in bed, and I've had some synchronistic experiences with reading the, this old book on magic and other encounters that I don't even want to talk about because every time I talk about them, it it increases the frequency. So I read it. I was reading this thing, and I had and I put some essential oils on my temple, and I went to bed with a intention of having an oracle of the future. I wanted to know something from the future. So I went to bed after reading this and I ended up encountering this demon Lord, this demon Lord. Oh, I, God. It was a long sort of adventure dream with a trip full of people. We were in a van, we were driving around. Like it kind of has like the contact of the cabin vibe in a way, but I ended up encountering this demon Lord and I wasn't afraid. Like I didn't have this unreasonable fear. I just knew I could sort of kill it. Oh, it's just a dream. You could just wake up to. Well, it didn't feel like a dream at, at the time, you know, but this was a dream. So what did I do? To, so I, I came up with this thing that, that would f- kill it faster. And I squirted in, you know how, so it was hand sanitizer. I killed it with hand sanitizer. <laughs> I squirted hand sanitizer was in its mouth. Was a COVID monster? <laughs> and the thing, like, so you know how you, you know how the bottle, you got to get it to the front of the bottle. So I was shook it, shaking the hand sanitizer. I squeezed it in his mouth. <laughs> and and he and he had this shocked look on his face, like oh, it wasn't going to do anything. And then of course he uh, ended up like getting all pissed off because it was killing him from of the course. inside, foaming in the mouth. <laughs> and I destroyed this demon lord with hand sanitizer. And I, I think because I thought it was going to work like holy water. I was like, this is this is like holy water. And I don't know if that's because humanity has worshipped hand sanitizer and it's got this like <laughs> this this reverence of worship to it, or if it's because it was like purified something or other. But maybe you've been a little heavy on the hand sanitizer lately. No, you're I don't. Giving do you weird dreams. No, it's crazy. Eh? You actually drank, some, accidentally drank some hand sanitizer. So I mean, maybe that was a that was a portent of the, the future. Fumes. You know, maybe I can kill a demon lord in the future. Maybe I already uh, did it. Maybe time is not linear, and I just did it already. Maybe you just had a dream. Yeah, maybe I just had a dream. <laughs> but I, the thing about holy water too is, I think uh, it can be. It's kind of like an intentional thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if like you need the water to be holy, you just gotta. It's holy. Make now. it holy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah that's so. what I mean. Yeah. Like that's kind of what I was, what I did in there. Yeah. I just knew that this is holy now. And this, yeah. there you have it. Grab the demon slayer. <laughs> I had a crazy fucking dream the other night. That was like, I mean, so we're doing a Parsons deep, di- Jack Parsons deep dive <laughs> soon on a buddy oh, show nice. and like little did we know diving into jack parsons you know you're also getting into like deep fucking magic and you know crowleyism and everything and anyways crowley creeped his way into my dream the other night and it was that version of crowley like the sick old crowley and so he had to attach himself to like this old fat man that kept coming and like trying to like steal my sister wow. and I kept having to re- like repeatedly beat the shit out of this old guy that Crowley was attached to and, and Crowley was attached to his throat like a ghost behind this guy and it was like honestly like it it was not good like I did not enjoy that dream at all even though I got a beat the shit out of this old guy it was, was kind of like painful every time i beat him it was really really weird but yeah entities like you guys gotta be careful you know when we're like looking into this shit because crowley will just make his way to you yeah that's a great one i wonder if people like hearing about dreams i know in like a, in my day-to-day if someone starts telling about their dreams like, well it's more of a you could probably like thing. you could probably this. literally see my eyes roll into the back of my head <laughs> <laughs> Bro, tell you what this dream I had last night. Just like, oh my god, <laughs> here we go. 
people usually only care if their dreams are, you know, like the, if you tell somebody about a dream, then, you know, or you had a crazy dream, then they're like usually like a little more open. To, to I don't want to be it. in it either. I, if you dream about me, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it to yourself. I, that, not your guys' dreams. Those, those are synchro dreams. I mean, if you dream about me in general, I don't want to hear about it. Usually. It's just going to make things weird. All right, guys. Big thanks to uh, Romy for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. We hope you enjoy the chat coming up with our friend Micah Dank. Big thanks to Graham for his reading. We'll have a little narration here of the rest of the letter that came in from the local listener, and then we'll jump into our chat with the fabulous Mr. Micah Dank. I'm going to leave a few of the details out from the beginning of this where he talks about uh, specific sort of access roads being extended near train tracks and malls with clock towers and bell towers. The infrastructure sort of being built in cities, sometimes close to tracks, sometimes just sort of in the middle of nowhere. I would always dismiss my fears from 2010 as crazy paranoia and try to convince myself that I should never have to worry about such things in a free country like Canada. The world would never have allowed any kind of repeat of the 1930s, 40s. Unfortunately, I'm starting to fear the worst. Leaving the city was always the plan, but I'm starting to see that I may find the same situation at any place that I may go in Canada. Going rural might be the best option, at least temporarily. Who knows, maybe this access road is just for emergency food distribution. Then again, maybe it is both. The next bit of this testimony will be a bit dark, with hope at the end. Maybe they hoped the virus would be more deadly and were expecting to have this access road and compound in large-scale use already. Then maybe they have more cards planned. I thought Wave 2 was ridiculous, but now with the public buying Wave 4, and just out of context, uh, I want to say that this was written just after the fourth wave and before the recent trucker convoy. I thought that Wave 2 was ridiculous, but now... With the public buying Wave 4, I'm getting concerned. Are these psychopaths with their Georgia Guidestones really that narrow-minded and short-sighted? Do they really think the world needs to be depopulated? I mean, look at the Sapphire Project. Coming technologies like this will support multiples more people than we currently have. It is my belief, based simply on Fauci's COVID-16 verbal slip, that COVID-19 was actually supposed to be COVID-16 and managed by Hillary Clinton. Cliff High believed that Trump floored the deep state, disrupting their plans, as Trump was supposed to be the chump. But to their shock, he actually got elected. Another opinion is from the Deep State Mapping Project, which believes Trump is a part of them. Either way, I believe that their plans got pushed up three years for whatever reasons. Maybe suppression of the media was one reason, and they realized it was going to be a big detriment. The timing sure works out. Then there's the government of Canada's request to purchase guillotines on their website. The replacement of trusted police cruisers with the menacing black ones now common across North America. And the outfitting of police forces with armored military vehicles. Also, we cannot miss what is happening in Australia with reports of thousands of police cars moving together through Melbourne. Their gun buyback program and heavily armored police now violently assaulting the unsuspecting of their peaceful population. 
I just felt that I should make you aware of this hidden in plain sight FEMA setup, which seems to be within cities and ready for activation within day's notice. To me, this implies that there are officials within the system who are complicit and know exactly what is going on. The crews that built this road were likely none the wiser, simply happy to have work. Then who owns this railway? Gates or Buffett? No matter, it should still have to seek approval from the city. Then Kenny and Ford both go missing. Time to the fourth wave and just prior to the new measure reversal. Has Kenny recently been co-opted or has he been aware of the plans all along? Did they go on vacations that were actually for receiving marching orders? Lots of questions. China involvement? Does Trudeau go to Tofino to get his marching orders? Have the globalists in China been working together to take over the West and its allies? It sure ominously looks like that. Australia seems to be the first move. Seems to me that Australia is going to need intervention. They may be under attack. Fulford is saying that the alliance has won, the cabal is being taken down, and that prosperity will be brought to the world. I'm not so sure that we are not actually at war with China and the cabal are invading Australia. Is that actually why Great Britain broke away from the EU? Australia is the cabal's first retaliatory shot? It's like the Rothschilds declaring that the U.S. will find itself in a most disastrous war. Is that what is happening with the new Australia attack submarine deal? They chose not to buy from France, the EU cabal. The U.K. is also getting more subs, and Japan is stating it will also be needing this kind of protection. Are we at war? Is it the U.K. slash U.S. military alliance good guys finally throwing off the shackles of the satanic cabal? Is it the deep state desperately playing out the final stages of their 50-year plan? Are the FEMA camps across North America real? Did Bill Gates just state in the media something about Epstein being dead anyway? Was Epstein jabbed? Is Bill now blatantly public with plans? Wait, Bill was knighted by the crown? Is he actually a good guy with Epstein being part of the cabal? Was Bill publicly mocking and denouncing an enemy that is about to be attacked? Was Bill actually a spy? Ah, I could only wish that Bill and the Crown were still the good guys. It is looking more and more like the war has begun. China cutting off the supply of cheap goods. Essential computer chips and next tires. It's looking to me like a messy divorce. A dirty war. Could it be the UK slash US versus deep state slash China? If so, buckle up. This could be earth-shattering. Is Cliff High correct? Will great numbers of people be dying of the vax over the next few months and years? Why the push to get as many people now, including children, vaxxed? Does Cliff actually have insider information? He sure knew to buy Bitcoin and to move out more rural. Is he actually an insider? Did he help create Bitcoin? Jim Willie claims that 25% of the commercial real estate in North America is now owned by the Chinese. The Chinese also sure seem to be buying up residential real estate without restriction. Have the deep state and China been indebting, impoverishing, de-educating, and now on full scale depopulating North America in order to move the Chinese in? China has changed its child restriction birth policy and has now been encouraging its citizens to buy gold and silver. I sure hope that there actually is this alliance of white hat good guys. They really, really should make their move soon. It is clear to me that Biden and Trudeau are infiltrators working for the cabal in China. 
So if it is war, the people now marching, including here in these cities in Canada, will need to do a serious Sarah Connor transformation to avoid a techno-dystopian nightmare future, let alone keep their lives. I don't think most people understand what may be happening. My God, I pray that the alliance is real. People today are soft and will not have what it takes. With the introduction of these passports, it is essential that people reject them. The intention is for more than just vaccines. All human activity will be passported. The pandemic was just the excuse for introduction. The globalists want to tie them to the climate and then incrementally to everything else. With more and more surveillance tech creeping into all aspects of life, it will be hard to hide things like how much water one uses. It will require a green pass on the phone to take a shower or flush the toilet. Break the requirement and your carbon credits or bank account will be dinged. Punishment in the form of loss. If people don't adopt their own money system through crypto and the globalists will be able to enforce this kind of future. China just switched an entire city that had green passes on their phones to yellow, declaring that they all get retested in order to regain green pass access. If people do not adopt decentralized crypto, then the globalists will be able to enforce these things. Sure, maybe mass rejection of certain activities would allow a balance in that kind of system, but the leverage would likely be in the globalist favor. Nothing would take away their power more than an anonymous privacy form of currency and money. Okay, here's my concise gut feeling. The global cabal has decided to spin their attempted China takeover 180 degrees and go the other way. Bring China into the West rather than trying to bring the West into China. They realized that infiltrating China with the cabal's white race was not going to be possible, like they did in getting their people into power in England, Europe, and USA, Canada, etc. They also developed great envy for China's heavy-handed control of citizens, who are more willing to comply. So the plan, remove the freedom-minded and freedom-fighting segment of Western society, so the compliant Chinese could move in and share the West with the remaining docile, compliant sheep. The global cabal doesn't care about race and nationality, they care about power. If, for now, it has to be shared with China power, then they have so be it conceded to sharing. A deal was likely struck with Chinese power 30 years ago. Plans were set. False flags started. Then they got a hold of some D-Wave computers in 2010 and used these quantum computers to model future options and success probabilities that gave them absolute confident certainty that there would be no trouble in breaking the West. Both the hows and whens. They knew the power they wielded as the D-Wave systems evolved and the power they now had to establish iron grip control. Not just now, but indefinitely into space colonization. Resistance would be futile. Sadly, they might be right. But we still have a chance to have a symbiotic influence on the future development of human life into the future. It's looking more and more like we could get stuck living in a world shared with these folks. Let's face it, I have tried for 20 years to wake up friends and family. Absolute futility. Politicians and politics are compromised. Institutions are all compromised. Laws have been quietly put into place. Massive brainwashing campaigns, control of markets, exchanges, commodities, money and trade, control of taxation, control of the military, control of corporations, control of crime, control of the media, control of medicine and pharmaceuticals, 
control of agriculture, control of travel, control of tech, control of history, control of property and land, control of the birth system, really control of everything. Except there might be hope. On a positive note, here are some things to bring a positive fate for humanity. Crypto and blockchain tech, open source software and tech, billions of people using smart glasses that record everything. AI not being so short-sighted, robotics and automation, 3D printing products, 3D printed homes, sapphire fusion or such, desalination plants with water pipelines from the ocean, vertical greenhouse technologies, proper mineralization of croplands, billionaires and trillionaires wealth evaporating due to crypto money, hyperloop and flying cars, a free market UBI based on voluntary crypto, blockchain voting, unstoppable ways to wake up the masses with blockchain media and social media that cannot be controlled, the release of suppressed patents and everything else that takes away scarcity, leverage and deception. It's all about leverage and deception. Right now, humans have allowed themselves to become dependent, dependent on those who would farm them. We the people must increase our leverage and reduce theirs. The coming flood of new tech can do these things. It is going to be like Mr. Rothschild standing at the ground beneath a skyscraper and declaring, that is my building, except everybody ignores him and he just becomes a delusional bum on the street talking to himself. Soon all the hierarchical chains of control will be moot. Scarcity goes away, abundance reigns, and leverage and deception is ended worldwide for the first time. It is essential that worldwide we shed any form of authority-issued currency or money. We now have something we've never had that can allow this. Cryptocurrency. Various metals are a great store of value and will continue to be for some time, but history shows that they can still easily be used to control the masses. Once the people of the world recognize that they can trade peer-to-peer without any authority's oversight, intervention, or punishment, and also with privacy, then it is all over for the long-standing death cult cabal. The new age of enlightenment, prosperity, and wealth for all begins. Once businesses realize this, note early adopters AMC and El Salvador, maybe Bitcoin will be controlled, but... Smart computer programs will develop peer-to-peer options that cannot be controlled. Governments will have to raise funds through voluntary means rather than by decree and force. For the time being, our voices have been like Jodie Foster's in the movie Contact. But we must not stop speaking. Thank you for your bravery and conviction. Keep spreading information to the world. Even with the mass media clamping down on the spread of ideas. Our technological future should allow information shared to stampede their clampdown. They caught us off guard by owning the roadways. If decentralized solutions can circumvent and become ubiquitous, then ideas and creativity will once again start to spread. It will be nature and technology in symbiosis. Neither authority or the people can stop it. We can, however, better rebalance the scales. In fact, Soon, podcasts and shows will only need to be on pastime hobbies of general interest. There will be nothing bad to report on anymore. There will be no fear of loss for anyone. The top of society to the bottom will become all equal. Keep the flame alive. Goodness must win. Goodness will win. With the technological developments now unfolding, we are most likely not going to ever be able to counter and take down the powers that should not be. 
in the way that online personalities have been touting. I'm not suggesting a join them if you can't beat them, not in any way. What I am saying is that we are going to have to do it through the current system. A tall order as it will require the masses waking up. Trying to do it by force will have some impact as the ongoing mass protests exemplify. But there are technologies soon to be rolled out, millions of drones and autonomous bots. Humanity must have leverage that at least creates a symbiotic relationship. In the past, that came as buying power, labor and guns. In the future, there will be no escape. Surveillance and recognition will be impossible to avoid. I hear they can see the heat signature of a mouse two miles away, in the forest, and at night. I hear that there are laser surveillance cameras that can recognize your heartbeat signature from 600 feet. With D-Wave, satellites, drones, bots, ID systems, social credit, etc., there will be no heading to the mountains. Running will not be an option. Humanity will have to change the system from within. This is going to require a mass awakening and some leverage. So, some areas for maintaining a balance of power, influence, leverage, and clout that humanity can exercise. Laws, forcing new legislation, forcing a complete overhaul based on blockchain. Media, free market blockchain must be developed and adopted to counter cabal corporate control. Labor and unions. Voting, blockchain voting for everything. Purchase trade, the possession of monetary trade value, decentralized peer-to-peer crypto, alongside legal tender gold and silver freely circulating, writing a truly unconditional UBI into the system right now from the get-go, which is not imposed but is decentralized crypto and blockchain imposed by free market forces. Weapons, people must be able to protect and defend. Robots and technology must also get into the hands of the people. Software, open source, please try Linux. If you have not, you will not be disappointed. There is nothing more gratifying than purchasing a new computer and within three minutes of plugging in, completely wiping the evil nightmare to humanity called Microsoft Windows, a very simple process that Linux walks you through. I recommend starting out by simply choosing any one of the top five Linux distros. DistroWatch.com has all the distros ranking in their search popularity. I now have three separate machines with three different distros from the top five. In my order of preference, MX Linux, KDE Plasma, Linux Mint Cinnamon, and Linux Pop OS. It's shit that just works. Try it. Promote it. Technology. Getting technology, tools, robots, etc. into the hands of the people. 3D printers. Knowledge, new smart glasses with decentralized interfacing. Medicine must be converted to naturopathic. Nutrition, soils must be properly cultivated and nutrified. People must learn to supplement. The toxic crap in food must be made illegal. Development and release of high tech, free energy, etc. Social credit score must be rejected unless the people develop it through blockchain voting. Nothing ever imposed by government. Lots more that I just don't have the time to explore here. Just to add in, running to the fringes may no longer be an option of escape in the near future. There's likely been D-Wave simulations run. There may, they may know just how successful they can be in the future. 
Escape and privacy preservation will likely have to be done from within the system. They know the millions of tiny surveillance drones that they will be deploying. Setting up a rural community will likely be infiltrated with these drones. Drones will become part of every ecosystem on the planet. Hunting or fishing in deep forest, once very private pursuits, will soon be accompanied by a swarm of surveillance drones, equal to the experience of mosquitoes. It is essential that the system is changed from within, giving all humans a seat at the table. If it is not done now, it will likely never be possible. The masses have to be woken up. The criminals in power must be replaced. People must be given various means of power. Wake up the masses. Stop using media owned and provided by the deep state. Free open source media must be developed. Let's face it. If we're going to go into their home and sit at their dinner table, we're going to have to abide by their rules. If you invited someone for dinner and they thought it was their right to say anything they wanted in front of your family, but you did not approve of your kids hearing it, should they be protected under constitutional rights or should you have the right to kick them out? Look, all the major media is owned by the deep state. We have to stop using it. It is theirs. If we develop new forms of money that replace their ability to fund these things, and if we develop open source technology that they cannot control, then we will have better freedom of speech. We also won't have to wake up the masses because we and the masses will be free of the money masters' clutches. They're never going to let us use their technology to take them down. End of story. Replace criminals in power. This is a tough one. People like Rand Paul are doing great and noble things. JFK was great and noble, but how to remove the bad actors? If we can develop a new system that everybody follows while the old system is ignored because their money can no longer afford to entice, coerce, and brainwash. Like a voting system on a public blockchain. Give power to the people. Get drones and robots into the hands of the people. The new smart glasses are either going to be really good or really bad for humanity. If everybody is recording everything all the time, it's going to be hard to conspire in the shadows. And it goes back to having open source, non-deep state media. There you have it. Super interesting. Um, thanks for, the, thanks for the, uh, the letter, the physical letter. I have a couple of thoughts to talk about. I might as well do it now. You know, this should be coming out in an episode, but I mean, I'd really be interested to see what he thinks now that uh, things have changed. Now we're coming up on the sixth wave soon to be apparently. So he's, uh, you know, between this letter and, and our current time, which is uh, April, the very, very beginning of April, 2022. Uh, Russia's invaded Ukraine. Um, I mean, I'd I'd love to know what he thinks about whether you know this, uh, whether this is like some, like some people say this is the destruction of the cabal and this is the end of the deep state. Um, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. It's almost like, you know, is Putin like his analogy on Trump? There is Putin part of the system or not? I mean, that's pretty much the big question. I mean, we know how how bad Ukraine's, how corrupt Ukraine's been in the last few years. And I'm not, you know, saying that Russia's not the same way. I mean, it's just, I don't agree with any war or violence really. Um, and then the current system versus parallel. I mean, how, how do we, you know, I mean, there was that guy, um, Majit, 
Nawaj, I think his name was, who was on Rogan, and he tried to fix it from the inside. I mean, he says that the he can't do it from the inside. It's the system is so the machine is so broken that it cannot be fixed from the inside. It has to be done through parallel systems on the outside. So I'm super curious to think if if he's changed his mind about that and about crypto because you know since this letter was written, you know that there was a huge inspiration of freedom around the world. But in Canada here, the Justin Trudeau and his lackeys just shut down the fucking bank accounts and and uh, even affected crypto. So, you know, apparently crypto's not safe either. Really, if they can just shut off the intermediary that and and start reporting certain transaction volumes and and that's uh, you know people that even donated to this. I mean, the hypocrisy is is off the chain. Did they overreach? Did a lot of people wake up from that? Yeah, maybe, but not enough. So, and also there, you know, his predictions about water restriction, that's not so out of, uh, out of place. I think in Germany right now in 2022, their showers, I think are, um, 10 minutes in, they start to lose water pressure. So you, you got to hurry up and shower before 10 minutes or your, your hot water is going to start losing water pressure. So in the EU, they're already starting to do these environmental and energy restrictions. So, I mean, imagine what it's like when we're fully, they're fully in control and you only have so much water to use and so much electricity and your carbon credits have to be at zero or whatever they decide is good for you. The speed limits will be lower to reduce carbon emissions. Meanwhile, they can just fly around the world and send their products and these huge ships around the world. Pretty gross. So I'd love to know what he thinks about uh, where, where things are at these days. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Dank, welcome back to Great America. Thanks for joining us. Love to be back, my favorite Canadians. Oh yeah, <laughs> freedom-loving Canadians. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't, I didn't think you guys were gonna survive the whole Trudeau with everything going on in all your posts. I thought you guys for sure would be gone. I'm surprised. <laughs> Sometimes I am surprised that I'm still here. I was uh, ready to press F for you guys all day, and then it never came. Yeah, I uh, I go hard to the paint, but uh, they seem to let... I don't know what it is, because it seems like they're kicking other people off, but I just get away with whatever. I have got several 12-hour suspensions, and they kicked me off for a week once because I told a politician to hang themselves. Nice. Are you talking about Twitter or, or Instagram, Micah? Um, I usually see most of you guys stuff on uh twitter oh okay okay good yeah i thought i usually see you guys on twitter i know we follow on instagram yeah okay that's good i um, didn't know you because that's darren on twitter and i'm on the instagram so because i see your stuff all the time on instagram so i thought that's what you're talking about but yeah darren i tried i tried red people i try and red pill people but uh yeah (laughs) 
some of them, some of them respond, you know, I get a, I get a decent amount of responses, but, uh, you know, in the name of the game, you got to avoid politics, you know, especially the flavor du jour. I know it's fucking crazy. It's all, it's so polarizing, but it's so different here in Canada because we don't really have like the, the left and right. Like you guys do. It's all just sort of one big smishmash of, I mean, people still think there is a little bit, but it's just, oh, it's gross. But Darren's been, yeah, Darren's been get, almost getting us in trouble there. But you, you haven't got anything worse than a twelve-hour, Darren. I Lately? got a week. Oh, for, you got a I week. I got a yeah. week for telling Kenny to hang himself. Oh, that was the week. Oh, geez. Yeah. Because I was encouraging self-harm. But I docked some cops, and they didn't. Uh, well, I don't even know if I really, really like doxed them. I just uh, posted like pictures of business cards and told people to phone them. Did you do you regret? Well, you guys do have my favorite. What's that, Micah? I was gonna say, you guys do have my favorite black athlete up there, Justin Trudeau. Trudonius. Boy, I don't know if he's an athlete, he might be a a thespian. Badminton, I bet you. (laughs) He's a badminton player. I mean, you've been going hard on this too, Mike. I see it. Like, see you posting all kinds of stuff, you know, trying to red pill people. And I feel like you've reached a, a, a level of uh, a different level of either, either just frustration or not giving a fuck or whatever it is. But uh, oh, I right? just finished my eighth. I just finished my eighth book today. Um, the ending is insane. The ending is absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, that's the whole series. It's the eight book series. I finished that. So. What I'm going to do with my time now is I'm going to go through the Bible. I bought a grandma Bible, one of those like big, big print Bibles. And I'm just going to decode it with astrology, the whole thing. Wow, that's fucking great. Um, The eight part series you just finished today? Yeah, I literally just, I just wrote the last chapter today. I have to review it probably tomorrow or the next day. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you. Wow. And that and that kind of that kind of is a, a way to fictionally red pill people, isn't it? Would, yeah, well, would that's the crazy? idea. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you look at like 1984, Brave New World, anything Philip K. Dick wrote, um, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. You want to talk prophecy? You want to talk about stuff like that? You got to do it in fiction. So I studied that. I realized that was the case. Now I got a uh, I got a, a publicist. And uh, my screenplay for the first book is done, so we're going to start pitching it to TV producers. Nice. Well, I want to get a cruise ship, so that's kind of like 20,000 leagues on top of the sea. (laughs) There you go. Because submarines are still, I mean, it'd be hard. If you get your hands on a nuclear-powered sub, but I'd probably fucking kill Graham if I was stuck on a sub with him for a couple of years. (laughs) It's not a lot of space. Yeah. Not just Graham. I mean, uh, there'd be a bunch of us and... I'm not interested in that. I need a cruise ship. A whole lot, whole lot of semen. A lot of semen. <laughs> Too many semen. Need some. There's semen a ton of semen too. everywhere. Need some semen. semen all over the place. Semen on the floor. Semen in bunk beds. Some mermaids. I mean, yeah. we have a bunch of semen that live and listen to the show. So <laughs> there you go. So, which book was Revelations? Uh book. Did I do Revelation in the book? I uh, I teased it in my seventh book, but um, I didn't unpack it like this. That's for sure. I was uh, just narrating a book called Ancient Egypt, The Light of the World, and I knew we were going to have this chat, so I copied a little excerpt from that, because it's talking about how 
all these mythologies, uh, all this stuff comes from Egypt originally. That's what, well, it goes that's even what, further back than that. It goes yeah, to Maria, it goes to Babylonia. And he says, he says, uh, he has come in the day, the day of the Lord to fight the battle called the Battle of Har Magadon in Revelation, which was fought annually in the astronomical mythology. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what they did is it's, uh, it's just, it's star poetry is what it basically is. Um, you know, every star has a name as in the Bible says, God calls them all by their name. They all have their place. And, um, they're just stories based on that. Everything. When I talk to Christians, specifically Christians, cause I'm equally annoyed at, at, uh, at uh, Jewish fanatics too, but um, Christians specifically, when I talk to them and when I, you know, when, when people ask me like, why are you doing what you do? I go, look, I feel like I'm talking. I'm in ancient Greece and I feel like I'm in front of the Senate and I feel like I'm trying to convince them that Zeus is a metaphor. Do you know how that would go over? That's the same way when you talk to Christians that uh, Jesus is a solar deity, they don't want to hear it. They don't believe it, even though the evidence is overwhelming. Yeah, it is. It is overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, I'm seeing it. Every, I'm seeing it everywhere lately, especially for some reason. It's just right. Even the Book of Revelation, Revelation. Sorry, it's Revelation, not Revelations. Yeah. The Book of Revelation is a astrological book. Well, I mean, maybe you're thinking about it, Graham, because we're going to Bryce Canyon, Dave Matheson. I mean. I mean, this is kind of exactly what we're going to be talking about in Utah here in, in four weeks. Nice. Yeah, he, he goes through the star, the constellations, and, and what's you know in the sky, and all the different myths around the world that relate to each of those. Right. I do. Mine is a little different. I decode scriptures, and I decode ancient holy texts, um, whereas he talks about the overarching stories and the history and uh, things of that nature. We all talk about similar things, but the way I, the way I explain it is, I kind of explain it for newbies. You know, these people, your Santos Benoches, your Dave Mathesons, your Michael Sarians, your Jordan Maxwells, they're for advanced people. I kind of bring new people into this. And then I hit them with a soft eight book series of books. And suddenly they, uh, they get the picture, you know, because you can write whatever you want in fiction and then you have plausible deniability. At the end of the day, I'll be like, what? It's a fiction story. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it kind of works out the best way that way. Well, let, just before you get into the revelation part, why, why do they, why did they make the, I mean, I know this probably sounds like an obvious question, but then why did they make Christianity then? If it was just, wasn't based on a real Jesus Christ. Um, it's the same reason why Horus in ancient Egypt was the sun god. Um, it's the same reason why during the Egyptian times, Horus was the sun god. I mean, look, you have the age of Taurus, which the Egyptians ruled over, and you have their book of the dead, and you have other, other uh, books of their nature. In fact, our Ten Commandments come from chapter 125 of the book of the dead. You can literally open up chapter 125 of the book of the dead. And read our Ten Commandments. They're right from there. That's where the resurrection comes from, too, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's with Horus. Um, in fact, the story of Cain and Abel goes back to the story of Set and Osiris. They were brothers. And All Set the twins, killed yeah, Osiris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And when you're talking about twins, that's Gemini. Gemini, the twins. So the whole thing ties together. But then you have the Jewish people who come up in the age of Aries. And the Jewish people during the age of Aries, um, they come out with a book, they come out with the Bible or the Old Testament, and they're the majority people. And then they fade after the age of Aries. And then during the Christian age, this the time of Pisces, Jesus comes around. You know, uh, Pisces is the two fish. That's why Jesus feeds the masses with two fish. You know, that's why the center of two circles together is the Vesica Pisces. You know, the ancients knew this. Uh, ancients knew that he was a solar deity, um, astrologically speaking. But the book of Revelation is just an encoded version of no different than any other book from the Bible. You know, what it is, is a um, astrologically encoded book. There's really nothing to fear about it. It's not prophecy. See, what it is, is you have the people who originally wrote the Bible are still in control now. Okay, so what, what, what you're seeing now is not fulfilling Revelation's prophecy. What you're seeing is the same people that wrote it were in it for the long haul. And down the road now, what they can do is they can start tailoring events that people could point to the Bible and say, this is what this means in order to keep you busy, in order to keep you distracted and everything. But could That's it be? But could it be? Could it be laced with a bunch of real prophecy and real visions and real, uh, you know, truths? Because I mean, these people are obviously having, let's say, metaphysical, spiritual uh, awakenings of some sort back then as well. I mean, there's all kinds of things that really, like, let's say, I don't know, paranormally, like, really do happen today, as in thousands of years ago. And what if? Right. Well, like, as- I, like I believe in the ability to prophesy. I mean, can some of that be? also made on real visions it's possible i'm not gonna lie it is possible but it's highly unlikely and when i go through this presentation you'll see okay. that yeah okay so darren are we good can i just start yes yeah okay. yeah let's uh right. revelate i'm gonna go over the 12 signs with you guys i'm gonna explain what the 12 signs mean what sign okay. are you libra my ex-wife is libra so that's the scales yeah um, I'm going to go through the 12 signs. I'm going to tell you key words that you're going to keep in mind for. Okay. So the first sign I talk about is Aquarius, which is represented by the man with the water pitcher. So as far as key words for Aquarius, because it's a man holding a water pitcher, pouring it out. Anytime you hear the word son of man, man, baptism, because this is how you baptize someone, water pitcher, fountain, stream, river, pond, lake, creek, water bodies, you're talking about Aquarius. Pisces is the same thing as well, because Pisces being the mutable water sign, the two fish in the water. So all the water examples from Aquarius apply for Pisces, too. Now, your first land example is Aries, which is the ram. And in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day and a 12-hour night. It's also the Passover, or the passing over of the sun over the equator, and back on its way to its height in the summer solstice. In Christianity, the passing over is changed, and it's called the resurrection of God's son. Easter is always in Aries. In Judaism, the Passover is when the angel of death passes over Egypt. And anyone that doesn't have the lamb or the ram, Aries the ram, the lamb's blood smeared on their doorpost because they're the people of Aries, uh, their firstborn sons get killed. Three different ways of saying Passover. So whenever you hear ram, lamb, shepherd, or ram's horn, you're talking about Aries. 
when Taurus is the bull, <clears throat> when you look at the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. So whenever you hear bull, ox, calf, or cow, cow being a female bull, you're talking about Taurus. Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. So whenever you hear twins or brothers, you're talking about Gemini. And Cancer is the crab, and it's the crab, the sideways-moving creature. It shuffles to the side. So, Graham and Darren, we don't exactly walk side to side, okay? That's something that you do in, like, a sports drill. We don't do that. That's not a natural way of walking for us, but the crab does, because the sun does the same thing. So, what happens is, starting on December 25th, the sun rises a degree on its axis. On the 26th, it rises an additional degree. Then, every day after, it rises an additional degree. What does that mean? It means the days get longer and the nights get shorter, incrementally, slowly, okay? When it hits June 21st, that's the summer solstice. It's the hottest day of the year. It's the longest day of the year. It's the shortest night of the year. Then what it does is instead of rising another degree or dropping a degree, it stays at that height for three days, hence walking sideways like the crab. Then what happens is it drops a degree on June 25th, and then it continues to drop a degree every day. Now the days get shorter, the nights get longer until it hits December 21st. That's the winter solstice. The ancients would look, the ancient Egyptians even, would look at the sun, and it wouldn't rise above the horizon on December 21st. So they would say that the sun was dead. And then it walks sideways for three days, just like it does in Cancer. So suddenly God's sun was dead for three days. And then what happens is it comes back to life on December 25th. That's why all the gods are born on December 25th. All of them, Tammuz, Mithra, Dionysus, Jesus, Horus. Um, I can keep going, you know, Dagon, Mithra, if I said that, um, they're all born on December 25th. This is why, because the sun comes back to life. It's the resurrection of God's son, the light of the world, the only begotten son. As known in Christianity. That, so when yeah. you hear crab or beetle, you're talking about cancer. Then Leo is the king. He's the lion. He's the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So whenever you hear lion, lioness, or cub, you're talking about Leo. Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. So you remember before when you said that you planted Taurus? Well, the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. Okay? So whenever you hear virgin, wheat, or girl, woman, uh, old lady, for example, all women, that's Virgo. All men, that's Aquarius. Okay? That's the man and the woman in the zodiac. So for Virgo, whenever you hear virgin, wheat, grain, seed, barley, corn, grainy things, things that you cultivate, that's always done in Virgo, which is August, September. Then you have Libra. Libra is the justice. It's the scales. It's the balance. It's the just one. The reason it's known as the justice, again, it's a metaphor about the sun, is because it judges God's sun as it passes over the fall equinox and is sentenced to winter, to cold, and to death. See, in the spring in Aries, the sun is celebrated as the Passover in those three different ways. But here in Libra, you have the fall equinox. The sun is being mourned because it's being sentenced to death. It's known as the hero's journey, as Joseph Campbell talks about it. <clears throat> held, he held by the rider of the black horse. Yeah. From one of the seals. Yep. So Libra is also wine season, which is when you plant for the grapes in Taurus, you could press the wine here. Libra is also olive season. So whenever you talk about olives or oil, 
you're talking about Libra. Uh Whenever you're talking about wine or vineyard or wine press or grapes, you're talking about Libra. Uh Whenever you're talking about law, judge, justice, the just one, divorce, marriage, court, lawly things, you're talking about Libra. So Libra is three things, all lawly things, all wine and vineyard related things, and all olive and oil related things. When Scorpio is the scorpion and he is the betrayer, when a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death. That's where that comes from. Because what happens is you pull the scorpion away after it bit you and there would be a, a pair of lips there. But there was poison in the kiss. So that's the metaphor. Okay, That's why Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. Because he represents Scorpio. So the sun is judged in Libra and it's betrayed in Scorpio. Finally, in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. This is where the sun dies. Why? And I explained this already, because on December 21st, the sun is dead. Anytime you're talking about a death in the Bible, a death at all, it refers to Sagittarius, because December 21st is the day of death in the Zodiac, whereas December 21st is the birth. December 25th is the death. I'm sorry, December 21st is the death. So whenever you hear horse, bow and arrow, spear, horseman, you're talking about Sagittarius. Finally, in Capricorn, you've got the goat. And the reason Capricorn is the goat is because he likes to climb the mountain. So if you look at the Zodiac wheel on the right, with Cancer being on the top and Capricorn being at the bottom, this is how a Zodiac wheel should look. Any other variation of this, and it's incorrect. This is how the Zodiac wheel should look. Okay, Capricorn is at the bottom of the wheel. The sun starts to climb up the mountain on its way back up to Cancer. Yeah, and the sun starts going down from Cancer towards Capricorn. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. This is the the greatest of all time. It's not that kind of a goat. Wait, say that again. It's not the greatest of all time. It's not that kind of a goat. No, no, not that one. That's too bad. I mean, I'm not a Capricorn, but I don't even know if I know any Capricorns. Well, that goes into what does that go into January? January twenty. Uh, is that December or is that January? Capricorn is December twenty fifth. To um, no, I lied. It's December twenty second to I think January nineteenth. Ah, January my mom's a Capricorn. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Okay, those are the twelve signs. I gave you the keywords. I'm a Pisces. What does that mean? Uh, I don't really get into birth charts. Me either. Do you think there's anything to the signs? I'm going to show you how. I, look, whether or not there's something to the science, this is the science that it was based off of. Right on. All right. Revelation 4 7. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. That's the passage. The first living creature was like a lion. That's Leo the lion. The second was like an ox. That's Taurus. The third had a face like a man. That's Aquarius. The fourth was like a flying eagle. In astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature. It's known as the lowest form of life on Earth. Its evolved form is the eagle. Okay? That's in astrology, okay? So the scorpion is the belly crawling creature. It's the lowest form of life on Earth, but it evolves into the eagle, which is the highest flying form of life on Earth. So the eagle is actually Scorpio when they mention the eagle. 
Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio are the four fixed signs of the Zodiac. The reason they're the four fixed signs of the Zodiac because they're fixed in their seasons. Leo is in the middle of summer. Taurus is the spring. Aquarius is the winter. Scorpio, or the eagle, is the fall. Okay? Now, if you look at it, at the Zodiac wheel, they're opposing signs. Leo and Aquarius are opposing signs. Taurus and Eagle are opposing signs. Or Scorpio. Taurus and Scorpio are opposing signs. You see this red X that it makes through the wheel? That's what that passage is telling you. It's just laying out what the fixed signs are and where they are. Okay? So it doesn't mean there's a four-headed animal that's going to be out there. Okay. Revelation 5, 5. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll on its seven seals. So the lion of the tribe of Judah is Leo, the lion. Okay, there's names for Jesus given in church that are biblic- that are named in church that are astrologically oriented. Let's, let's go over some of them. When the sun is in Capricorn, or when Jesus, the son of God, S-U-N, is in Capricorn, the goat, he's called the scapegoat of Israel in church. The sign of the man, Aquarius. When he's in that, he's known as the son of man. When he's in Pisces, he's known as the fisherman of men. And that's why he could feed the masses with two fish. When he's in Aries, he's known as the good shepherd or the lamb of God. Okay, when he's in Leo, he's known as the Lion of Judah, which is right here. When he's in Virgo, the lady with the wheat stalk, he's born of a virgin, and he's called the bread of life. In uh, Libra, the scales, you know, the law, he's called the just one. These are all nicknames given to him in the church that explain it, and they're all astrologically based, and people don't know any different. I watched as Revelation 6-1. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come. A voice like thunder, it's important. The word in Hebrew for thunder means voices. Okay, I don't know if you know that. What happened is they would hear thunder in the sky and they would think God was talking. That's why they called it voices. Okay. Go back to the ancient Greeks, that was Zeus with the lightning bolt. Okay, it's all the same stuff, it's just different ways of retelling the same story. Okay, I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals. The reason the lamb has to open the first seal is because the lamb is Aries. And Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. I know it might be a little confusing because I start with Aquarius. The reason I start explaining the signs with Aquarius is because that's like January. That's like our beginning of our year. So I start with that. Okay. But the year starts in Aries, Aries being the lamb. So that's why the first seal has to be opened with that. I looked, Revelation 6, 2. I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow. Well, that's Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. Okay. That's the first horseman. What did I tell you happens in Sagittarius, December 21st? The death, right? Yeah. Okay. Now there's four gospels where Jesus dies four times. So he that's four Sagittarius's. That's why in the book of Revelation you get four horsemen. Because they all represent death. Okay, that's why there's four horsemen. Because the son dies in each gospel. Now you could say that Jesus, the Passover was the last supper, and that he 
died shortly thereafter. So he died in Aries. But what I'm teaching you is the science behind this. This is the science behind all the ancient stuff, all the Egyptian stuff, the Sumerian stuff, Epic of Gilgamesh, the Enuma Elish, the Babylonians, the stuff that I've already decoded. It's all the same stuff. Okay. So Revelation 6, 6. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley for a day's wages and do not damage the oil and the wine. Well, the wheat is the lady with the wheat stalk, Virgo. The barley, I've mentioned before, that's a grain, that's Virgo too. The oil, that's olives, that's Libra. And the wine, that's Libra too. We went over all this. The two signs. Virgo and Libra are connecting signs. You're going to see patterns. Not only not only are these written out this way, but they're going to make connecting patterns. You're either going to have a connecting sign or an opposing sign. Okay, that's how you know it was it was literally written on purpose. Like that passage that I told you about the four living creatures, how it made an X through the zodiac yep, wall, yep. and it made a pattern. Thinking, yeah. It's going to be the same exact thing. Wow, this is this is really clear actually compared to most sort of deconstructions and all that. This seems super clear. Thank you. Uh, we're not done yet though. <laughs> I watched as he opened this. Wait, is this the one? Hold on. Yeah, yeah. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like a sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky fell to earth as figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. So the sun turned black like a sackcloth made of goat hair. The moon turned blood red. Figs dropped from a fig tree. To summarize, the goat is Capricorn, and it's black because Saturn is the ruling planet of Capricorn, which is known as the black planet. Okay? It was the black cube. The Jews wear the black cube on their head Okay, when they pray. It's called tefillin. They wear the black cube. That's Saturn worship. Yeah, the, the Muslims walk around the giant black cube in Kaaba. That's Saturn worship. You wear a black cube on your head, a mortarboard, when you graduate college. That's Saturn worship. Okay? Now, the moon turned blood red. The immediate next passage is the moon turned blood red. We were just talking about Capricorn and Saturn. Okay? Well, the moon, Capricorn's cross sign, its opposing sign is Cancer, whose ruling planet is the moon. So it's just giving you passages to show you how it goes from one sign to another, who rules what, what sign means what, what does what. Okay. And the first time figs are good to eat are in June or Cancer. The second time they're good to eat is from August to October. So it's basically Libra. Then Revelation 7, 4. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. You guys have heard this one, right? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that specifically, yeah. Wasn't there 144,000 sealed indictments there a while ago, whatever happened with all those? (laughs) (laughs) Did those just get left? Forgotten about? Sealed indictment. Um, So... The 144,000. So, Graham, you know that basically um, the Jehovah's believe that there's 144,000 people and only that going to heaven, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's also 144,000 of another thing as well. Um, the opposite, I think. What do you mean? Uh, well, I, let me continue and I'll try and get my, my thoughts together on that. <clears throat> 
I was just listening right. to something today today on that about so basically the hundred and forty four thousand talk about the amount of people that are going to heaven. But they don't know I here's what it is. I think they don't need to know they don't need to they were talking about people being aware but not necessarily fully uh supporting Christ yet. So Correct. it's like there was So they're predetermined is what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's out of the billions of people. Um I think estimates put us at about a uh, hundred and ten billion people since the beginning of history. Okay, out of all of those people, only one hundred forty-four thousand go to heaven. But I'm it's it's that's not the case. Okay, are you guys familiar with the chakras? Oh yeah, yeah. There are seven chakras. The root has four petals. The sacral has six. The solar plexus has 10, the heart has 12, and the throat has 16, which equals 48. The third eye chakra is represented by 96 and only has two petals because it's two times as powerful as the lower chakras. 48 times 2 equals 96. The crown chakra is a thousand times more powerful than the lower six chakras. When you add the lower six, you get 96 plus 48 is 144. You times that by a thousand, you get your 144,000. What the passage is actually saying is that when you've activated all your chakras, that's when you get to go see God. So it's, a oh, gift, it. it's a gift given to everyone. Okay, It's important to know that Christ is Christos, and in Greek that means oil. So it's the sacred oil. God, Christ, that's what it basically is. So is that like the DMT from your pineal gland or the Kundalini yes. awakening? Or That's exactly it. Or the Caduceus, which turns into the Kundalini, which goes back to Moses' serpent stick. Yeah. Fuck, I love that. Yeah, that makes sense. It's all the same thing. But this is it. You know, it's 144,000. This is the chakras. Once you've achieved and have opened them up, you get to see God. There's your 33 again, Darren. Jacob's ladder. 33. Yeah, the 33, okay, the, the how it's been perverted by the Illuminati. Um, the 33, all that literally means is it's your 33 bones in your spine. That's why you have 33 levels in uh, Freemasonry. That's why you have 33. I mean, that's why they keep shouting the number 33 at the top of their lungs. <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to make it happen and it's not going to happen. What but okay, so is that a it's not a symbol it's not a uh it's not a revelation thing. So they're when they say that they're um they're in on the they're showing everybody they're in on the game or is it a there's a power by saying it? Um so you're talking about the revelation of the method, right? No. Yeah. Well, no, like what? Yeah. Why they're doing 33. Like what's the power of 33 for all these people spouting it out? Cause it's almost like to me, it's perverted. Way- it's, it's, it's inverted and perverted is what it is. It's inverted and perverted. They tweak it a little and then they make it evil. Just like they did with this. Remember? And the swastika. You know what the swastika is? The swastika and, is astrology too. And ISIS. Yeah. The swastika is astrology, too. If you take Polaris, the North Star, and you take a picture of the Big Dipper on the solstices and the equinoxes and you put it together, it's the uh, swastika. The oldest one we found is from Ukraine 17,000 years ago. They've known about this well before. So, but, so the third, but, but I guess what I'm getting at is like, the, you know how they're now pronouncing Kiev, 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 to, and that's to me a signal that they're in on this new fucking whatever it is this new narrative you know if you don't say keep the right way now you're not in on it so is well, you that gotta so- understand the 33 
what they do is they keep doing this because it signals to dumbass conspiracy monsters that, oh, look, it's another 33. Yeah, well, what are you going to do about it? There's nothing evil about 33. It goes back to your it goes back to your spine, which anatomically the Bible is an anatomical book too. Your spine is actually Jacob's ladder. Okay? So it's really just a troll then, honestly. It's a troll. It's a troll. It's a complete troll. I do a, a podcast on uh, Illuminati hand symbols that I could do for you guys. At one yeah, point. we did. We did one with you already. It was pretty good. Yeah, you talked about the hand. The hand. We went through five or six of them at least. It was good. Yeah. Okay. So that's that. Now look at this. Revelation 9.3. And out of the smoke, locusts came down on earth and they were given powers like that of scorpions on earth. Okay. Now, the scorpion. Remember what I explained to you the scorpion was? It's the betrayer. That's its power. It betrays. Somebody's been calling that the politicians recently. Scorpions? Yeah. The scorpion is the betrayer. That's, I guess okay? that explains it. So the locusts were given the power of that on earth. Now think about this. In Leviticus 11, it specifically tells you what's clean and unclean to eat. Okay? And it does say that you can eat any type of locust, Katie did, or cricket or grasshopper. So locust used to be a form of food back in the day. So that's how it was good. But when you get a swarm of them, that's called a plague. That's the betrayal. So it's just a giant enveloping metaphor. <laughs> that's awesome. That's all it is. You guys are talking about 33 at the 33 minute mark. There nice. we go. So the locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. This is Revelation 9-7. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had tails with stingers like scorpions. So just reading that, even if you're not familiar with all the 12 signs, you should be able to pick out a few that I've already mentioned. The locusts looked like horses. So the betrayers, Scorpio, okay, looked like horses. Well, horses Sagittarius. You prepared for battle. You know, you jump on the horse. You have the bow and the arrow. That's what you do. On their head, they wore something like crowns of gold. So now they're talking about the gold, which is the sun in Sagittarius. Okay. You see how that works? Yeah. Okay. Their faces resembled human faces. Who were the human faces? It's Aquarius, the man, and, and uh, Virgo, the woman. Their hair was like woman's hair. So that's Virgo again. And their teeth were like lion's teeth. That's Leo. They had tails with stingers like scorpions. So it starts with a scorpion. And it ends with a scorpion. Yeah. Okay, so there's just a ton of signs in there. That's what this whole book is about. Now, Revelation 12, the woman and the dragon. You've heard of this one, right? Yep. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and the crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. Let's break this down a little bit. Now, I don't usually do numerology. When they're talking about the seven crowns, they're talking about the seven chakras. When they're talking about the ten horns, they're talking about the tree of life at Kabbalah. Okay? And when they're talking about the seven crowns on their heads, they're talking about the seven planets that they knew about at the time. See, <clears throat> whereas we know of nine or eight because Pluto's no longer a planet, 
Well, and then and then uh, you know Uranus got added in afterwards. I mean, I was gonna, I wanted to, I wanted to dig into that a little bit because the the books. I mean, they keep talking about seven planets all the time, but they're including the moon too, right? No, no, they're talking about all the seven planets. You got to understand, two thousand years ago, if you were to Google when was Saturn discovered, literally just Google it, duck duck go it, whatever you want to do. Duck, duck, right? goes compromise those motherfuckers. I know it is. I wrote about that. So use brave. Duck, I don't duck, give a gone. shit what you do. We'll use brave, brave that shit. We'll brave that shit. Let's... We'll brave that shit. So brave it. What was I brave braving it. again? It'll tell you. It'll was... tell you that Saturn was discovered in oh, yeah. 1610 by Galileo through his telescope. <laughs> Which is bullshit because you know that everybody who even doesn't know anything about religious scripture or anything has heard about the Saturnalia cults from thousands of years ago. July 1610. closer. You got it right there, right? You looked it Galileo up. Galileo spots Saturn's rings through a telescope, but mistakes them for a triple planet. Yeah, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. And that's from Brave, right? That's from Brave. In 1610, the astronomer Galileo Galilei, that's just a fake name. This guy's fake, <laughs> was the first. My name's uh, Darren Darrenson. Uh, he saw a pair of objects on either side of the planet. Yeah, so it's, it's just, so this again. See, they're doing some weird wordplay here, where the the question says, "When was Saturn discovered and who found it?" But then the verbiage says, "In 1610, Italian astronomer Galileo Galilei was the first to gaze at Saturn through a telescope." Exactly. That's a great so a great catch there. They're not, they don't, they can't tell you that it wasn't found until that. No, it was found thousands of years before. Thousands of years before. Saturn used to be known as the black planet, as I've explained. We heard, we saw that in Revelation already. So now here's, so that was National Geographic. Now I'll go to, uh, addict.gsfc.nasa.gov. Uh, when was the planet Saturn found? Galileo Galilei was the first to observe Saturn with a telescope in 1610. Yeah, I mean, we could do this all day. Ooh, well, I don't have all day, but <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, Saturn, dude, Saturn used to be a lot closer. It was known as the Black Planet. It was our second sun. Okay, wait, wait, one more. Because I found one on Universe Today. That says Saturn was one of the five planets visible to the naked eye that have been known to exist for thousands of years. The ancient Greeks knew about the planet and named it after their god of agriculture, Kronos. That may be due to the planet's golden color, blah, blah, blah. The, the Platern, planet uh, later became known as Saturnus or Saturn, which is a Roman equivalent of Kronos. Although how people have known about Saturn. How, blah, far, blah, how blah. far down did you have to go down to find that? That was like at the bottom of the braver. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to go to Google and see if it comes up. Well, you guys keep talking. So, Graham, the reason yeah. women, like, look, I have an earring, right? Yeah. Back in the day, only women wore earrings. They were told to wear earrings thousands of years ago. They'd get their ears pierced because they were told to listen to their God. Their God was Saturn. Men would wear wedding bands, wedding rings, because they had to pledge their fidelity in front of the god. That's where the rings come from, from Saturn's rings. So um, get this. Be a lot closer. I just went to Google, and I typed in when was, and it auto-completed Saturn discovered. 
Oh, that's fucking creepy. So Google is somehow still logging my keystrokes from Brave. Or maybe it's because I went to Google through the Brave browser. It seems creepy. Wow. So you want me to explain Revelation 12 real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now what do we have? We have a woman clothed with the sun. So check this out. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun clothed in Virgo. It's just a metaphor for the sun being in Virgo. If the sun's in Virgo, the moon will be at her feet. So follow this. There's 12 zodiac signs. There's a 24-hour-a-day clock. The sun spends two hours a day in each sign every day. Does that make, that make sense, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, if it does that, when it's in Virgo, that's between 4 and 6 p.m. Well, the sun is still up. So metaphorically, if the sun is up, the moon is still at its feet. Because when the moon is up, the sun would be down at her feet, right? So that's what they're trying to say right there. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. On the left, you see the constellation Draco, which is the dragon, and you see its tail. Its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four-twelfths of the signs or one-third of the stars out of the sky. Again, this whole book is nothing but star poetry. It's not prophecy. Okay, I haven't seen one thing here that's prophecy. The beast, Revelation 13, 2. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. Well, there's a constellation called Camelopardalis in Gemini. It can be used to talk about a camel, Camelos, or Pardalis, which means leopard. In fact, the original name for the giraffe was the camel leopard. Kind of makes sense, right? That was its original name. That's Camelopardalis. Okay. The feet of a bear. Okay. So you have Camelopardalis and Gemini. The feet of a bear, that is um, uh, Ursa Major. Major, yeah, yeah. Ursa Major, right? Which is right around that area. The mouth of a lion. That's Leo. Revelation 13, 11. Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, so we know that's Aries, but it spoke like a dragon. Well, Draco's tail starts in Aries, so this is basically a passage dedicated to the sign of Aries. Cargoes of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, uh, Revelation 18.13, of wine and olive oil, so we know that's Libra, of fine flour and wheat, we know that's Virgo, those are connecting signs, cattle, that's Taurus, and sheep, that's Aries, Taurus and Aries are connecting signs. Horses and carriages, that's uh, Sagittarius, the horse. And human beings sold as slaves, that's Aquarius and Virgo. Do you see how many signs are in these passages as we keep going through them? Yeah, yeah. Okay? These are the books that I have decoded so far with astrology like I just did. That was the book of Revelation. These are the books that I have decoded. Now, what's interesting to find is I'll just read them off for the people that are listening. The book of Matthew, the book of Revelation we just did, the book of Enoch, Jubilees, Gospel of Thomas, Gospel of Mary Magdalene, Melchizedek, Philip, Judas, and the secret Gospel of John, the book of Psalms, the Q Gospel. Now, what's important is not that this is just biblically related, but I've decoded with astrology the following books that are not biblically related. The Emerald Tablets of Thoth. The Enuma Elish, which is the Babylonian creation story. The Epic of Gilgamesh, which is the oldest Sumerian story we have in existence. The Code of Hammurabi. The Quran. The Egyptian Book of the Dead. Now, I'm just going to tease the Quran real quick with one thing. You guys are familiar with the 72 virgins, right? Yeah. You know, these guys, you know, kill for. Yeah. 
because they think they're going to go up to heaven with uh, an endless erection and just fuck women all day. You do that here. You could. That's half of 144, too, if that means. Yes. Well, listen to this. There's a star that borders Virgo called 70 Virginis. That's your 70 virgins. There's one in Virgo. So that's 71. And the 72nd Virgo is the virgin you marry on earth and have a family with. Those are your 72 virgins. And believe it or not, the Quran can be decoded with this same, just like I just did, the same way with that. It just seems like a lot of work to put all this together if it's based on, you know, this this symbolism and stuff. I do have some questions about about the uh, about Revelation. So why why did why did he, they why was the the let the Revelation based on going out to like seven churches? The seven I think was it the seven tribes or the seven churches, and it talked about you know the city how the cities become. Uh, the cities and nations become too big and they get destroyed without, without God, right. Without worshiping God, like is that to try and keep all them in line then back then, like this was like trying to be shown as a prophecy, although it was just all the stuff based on the stars. Yes. Okay. So before 325 AD where Constantine united everybody in literal Christianity, the Christians were known as heliognostics and in Greek helios means the sun and gnostic. It means gnosis, means knowing. They were sun worshippers. Constantine had a nephew named Julian the Apostate. After his uncle died, he tried to bring everyone back to sun worship. You can literally still read his books. Julian the Apostate's work have survived. You can get them on Amazon or wherever you want to get books from. In fact, the thing about uh, Julian the Apostate is he was the first one to talk about the heliocentric model. He said the sun is the glorious chariot that all the planets dance around. Okay, that's a direct quote from him. Okay, he knew they hang him now. Huh? Did they hang him? They shot him in the back with an arrow. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Fucking heretics. But now here, do this. Go to Brave and find out when uh, the heliocentric model was discovered. So the other question I have for you about the revelation that is what heliocentric theory. All right. Okay. We haven't locked this in yet. We had a guy on a couple months ago that says it could still be going around us. And the flat earthers would have you believe. Mind you, don't get uh, don't get the astro theology guys started on flat earthing. I don't remember any of that stuff that he's talking about. Guests talking about that. So, anyways, what about the tribulations in part of Revelations? How does that fit in with all this? Well, 1543. What? 1543. The heliocentric model. Yeah. Italian scientist Giordano Bruno was burned at stake for Bruno. teaching. I like how they call him a scientist, too. Among other heretical ideas, Copernicus' heliocentric view of the universe. In 1543, Nicholas Copernicus detailed his radical theory of the universe in which Earth, along with the other planets, rotated around the sun. Wow. And yet thousands of years before that, Julian the Apostate said it. It seems like the Egyptians knew that shit pretty uh, well, too. Yep. Now... I got to tell you one thing, though. This is this is kind of uh, Darren Darrenson 
Yes. Uh, Micah Mikeson. Micah Mikeson. Micah yeah. Dankison. There's only two things you do with a name like Micah Mikeson. You go into porn or you become a serial killer. Those are the two things you do with a name like Micah Mikeson. What about Darren Darrenson? What do you think? What do you think I should do? Porn? Uh, I think like a, a construction worker or have an OnlyFans. I've been thinking about an OnlyFans, actually. I've been, I've been, uh, yeah. a few people have been trying to pump me up. Maybe I'll just put a camera above my bathtub. Six bucks go. a month. Whatever I do in the bath, <laughs> you're in. Isn't that going to interfere with the camera that you have in your toilet? That's a different thing. That's, uh, okay. That's a different thing. Yeah. That's my soily fans. That's my, uh, so come on. That's uh, that's my bidet sales uh, sales bet pitch. Fantastic! <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been called a bidet show. I'm going to answer your question now. Graham, I'm going to answer your question right Please now. Please do. Yep. Okay. Now, I teach the astrology of the Bible, but it's by no means the only thing that the Bible is encoded with. The Bible is made up of what's known as the seven sciences. Okay, metaphysical, astrological, which I have down pat anatomical. Remember I was telling you the 33 bones is Jacob's ladder, alchemical, spiritual, esoteric, and mythology, and numerology, if you want to include that too. I just focus on the astrological. So as much as I decode this with astrology, I am well aware this is not the whole story. Right. Okay. But I will tell you that the astrological one, the astrological point of it, is um, it's the most prevalent, it goes back the furthest, and it's the one that's found the most. Okay, so there's your answer right there. And I'm not a magician with the other sciences, to be honest. No, because there's, studying... the there's all the sevens in the in the thing too, right? The seven Right, well, to be honest with you. The seven seals and the seven, you know, horns. When they're talking about that, usually I would, I, I think it's more than that. But usually when you're talking about the number seven. It's the planet. Um, it's the planets or the chakras. Or the Pleiades. The Seven Sisters, correct. Huh. So what do you what what do you think that is just speculation? I know it's not in that then that wheelhouse, but what do you think it is in Revelation? What are they talking are they talking about the planets again? Could that be astronomical mythology as opposed to the spiritual like the chakras? Possible. It's possible, to be honest. Um I can only present what I have studied. I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been studying the Bible for 30. I've been doing astrotheology for 10. I've only really been teaching it for about two years now. Did you come at it from like a, a, a Bible-like guy sort of view? I was, I was brought up very religious, but I never really took to it. Dave you know, Mathis. Really have you talked to Dave to Matheson yet? I have not. We'll have to get you together. You should come to Utah. Um we're going to go look at the uh, all this shit over top of Bryce Canyon. Nice. In, um, in a mythological story way. In a mythological way and talk about the myths as they go over and, uh, you know, maybe eat some mushrooms. Who knows? Uh, but he, like, he was a fundamental, or he was a literalist. He was raised literalist. Those are, those are the best because they rejected so hard afterwards. Yeah, seems to be. So when did you reject you guys, it then? Heard of, um, have you guys heard of uh, Dave at Generation Z? Yep. No. Yeah, you have, Darren. Dave Z? Yep, I yep. have, I guess. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's up there. He's up there in, I think, Ontario or something. Yeah, or he's back. Toronto. Yeah. 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 yeah, he's in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's fascinating. he's fascinating. He's only 23. Really? Oh, my God. He seems way older than that. Do we have him on the right? show or something? Or? He seems, oh, it's crazy. Reach out to him on Twitter. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, we should. We've been. I've been. He's been sort of on the list to have on at some point. You know, it's, he'd be great. Really good. Yeah, I could vouch. I could vouch for him. His his supporters have been very good. They've been buying my books. They've been reaching out to me on social. That's great. Um, so my social handles. I'm on Twitter at Real Mister Dank. Spell out Mister. I'm at Facebook and Instagram at Micah Dank. Um, I also have a six book out series, soon to be eight, soon to be pitched as a TV series to some TV producers uh, in about two weeks or so. It should be about two weeks or so. Um, and and that's pretty much it. You know, you guys want to get signed books through me. I basically all these sciences that I talk about, I basically put in the books, Yeah, you know, and they're fun to read. They're like Dan Brown type thrillers because you have to again, you have to write fiction if you want to get the truth up. Yeah. Yeah. I read one of them. It was great. Yeah. It's, it's, I love, we love these uh, kind of fiction based on fact books that, you know, that, that our guests are writing. I can't remember exactly which one it was. Didn't do the I think first it was, number, I think I started with two or three by mistake. What? Dude, I accidentally skipped a book in the, in the books I'm listening to and just spoiled a bunch of shit. And I was like, wait, what is happening? And then I was just like, oh, fuck, this is book four. So, then I had to go all the way through book three, knowing a bunch of stuff. I know. I I'm know. caught it's, up it's now, so. now. But uh, speaking of that, you mentioned a couple of your books are out on audio now. No, no, I don't think so. Micah didn't mention that. Did you mention that, Micah? Did I mention what? You guys cut out. Oh, a couple of your books are out on audio now. Yeah, my first two are on audio. Yeah, my first two books oh, are on audio. Okay, I didn't. I'm know actually going to find out uh, within the next couple of weeks if uh, Audible.com is going to pick up the rest of the series. Cool. Are the first two on Audible? Yeah, the first two are on Audible. The series is called Into the Rabbit Hole. The first book is Beneath the Veil. The second one is The Sacred Stones. Who narrated them? Uh, I don't remember the first one, but I picked. Um, Bronson Pinchot from Perfect Strangers narrated the second one. Oh, Graham's available. I mean, his fiction is no, in, no, not fiction. Not yeah, his fiction, not fiction is fiction. Uh, is not great, but his uh, nonfiction is phenomenal. So if you do that to decode in the Bible book, hey, maybe Graham's your I, guy. I think uh, I think you'd like Ancient uh, Egypt, Light of the World. We put out Volume One right now. It's from Ger- uh, Gerald Massey back in the early 1900s. Like it's a view of sort of this type of stuff we're talking about from the early 1900s, late 1800s. And it's amazing how much they were already doing this deconstruction back then, you know? Yeah. Very, very awesome. Right on, Michael. Well, thanks for coming back on the show. We'll have to do this again down the road. And uh, something else. Keep in touch. When do you think this will go out? Uh, this weekend, I think. Yeah, we'll we'll put links to all your books in the show notes and stuff. And I'm going to grab an an audio one. I'm now that they're on audio. I've got a couple credits on Audible. There, I'll, I'll do that. First two are. I appreciate it. Let me know what you think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Sounds good. All right, guys. Yeah. I'll talk. Thanks, to you buddy. Soon. Okay. See ya. Okay. Ciao. Yeah. Bye. And that was our chat with uh, Mr. Mike Dank. What do you think, buddy? Mr. Mister. Mr. Um, Mister. Yeah, it was uh it was it was fun. Yeah. I mean honestly, dude, when he showed that 
you know, I wish it was, you know, wish we would have done it on video, but, but I mean, cause it's the visual there of all the opposites of the, of the, uh, the signs. I mean, it, it, it is, I don't know, man, it's pretty amazing what he did, what he did. I think it's, he's, he's onto something. This isn't, you know how some of it's kind of ambiguous. You're like, I don't know if I can make those connections, but the way he laid it all out and then went through it, I, to me, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, I didn't think any of it was very ambiguous before. No, I, I have a, sometimes I have a hard time with it. It's like the, the pictures on Mars, you know, the pictures on Mars, you know, that kind of stuff, the pareidolia. Sometimes I feel like it's pareidolia, mythological pareidolia. Well, it, it is, but it's pareidolia in the stars that you make your miss around. I mean, right. That's the point is that it's pareidolia. Yeah. That's kind of the point of a constellation or pareidolia would be, have to be a face, wouldn't it? No, not a, no. It doesn't have to be a face. Just something you see in something else, like Jesus in a piece of toast. I thought it had like to be peanut butter and I toast. It had or something. to be human, though. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't. I've never be. known it to have to be human, but the face seems to come up a lot with it. The face on Mars. Face on Mars. The face on the Jesus and the toast. That kind the of face stuff on is, Mars is fucking terrible when you look at it high res, unless that's just a fake picture. To smoke. Well, screen. I mean, there's lots going on in that Sidonia region on Mars. I mean, is there? I, what kind I, of stuff? What's I just going don't. On? I don't agree with what's him on the on? planets. Like, I what? Like a music festivals or what's going on over there? You said there's lots yeah, going ancient, on. Yeah, ancient civilization. Is there? Yeah. Is Elon know about it? That's why he's going to Mars. Is there pyramids? I, I think there is. Yeah. Do you have evidence of this? Or so, just... Well, there's all kinds of evidence, dude. Where have you been the last 10 years? Yeah, that, are you talking about the Richard Hoagland stuff still? I mean, I got bad news, bro. They got new satellites over there, and it didn't look like a face anymore at all. This looked like a mountain. No, no, it's, I don't care about the face. It's that whole region there. There's a whole Sidonia. Wasn't it? I think it was really tied in with the face, though. Without the face, yeah, everything no, else starts no, falling apart. Past. And stuff. Yeah, I don't... yeah, there's Pharisees just all in. <laughs> but I think the planet thing is is uh, I I don't I think it's Moon, Mercury, uh, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Venus, and the Sun. Those are the seven from the ancients. Like they, this is before. Uranus was found and Pluto wasn't known as a planet, but they had mo the moon in there. You know, it was all the seven visible things that were different in the sky. So you don't think, yeah, but they would have seen that. They knew that the other two were dancing stars. So they knew because of that, because they didn't. What other two? Well, you can see Uranus and Neptune as stars in the sky that don't move the way they're supposed to. Can you oh, see Neptunes, them with a the naked eye? Neptunes. Neptune. I don't think you can tell that they're fucking. I knew I was forgetting one's Neptune, right? And Uranus. Yeah, but one of them one of them wasn't That's Pluto. Uranus might have been much later too. Yeah, but Neptune was known way back when, right? I don't know. So it, they they must so if you take the moon out of that or the sun I know out of just that, the guy you can ask though in just a couple of weeks. Dave Matheson. I mean, he he'll even show us if we could see those. Yes, if you if you take out the yeah, see the moon's in there a lot though. It's all it's in all the mythology. So and the moon because that's where the seventh like thing confuses me really. You know, because if there was more planets than they knew about, I mean, maybe there's more in the solar system we don't even know about yet. You know, I mean, I we don't know. I don't know. We just can't see him. I don't know. I guess well, Pluto got you know why did they Pluto got knocked knocked out of planet status? 
Because it's like uh, smaller than some. It's smaller than some of the objects in the asteroid belt. I That's believe. what I mean. So if you if you, so how did the ancients like? I guess what I'm getting at is you can't see Pluto without a telescope. If the ancients were attributing the powers to visible planets, then I guess that makes sense. But there would be powers to invisible planets, right? Like, like what? Can you, did you say Uranus? Can you see that by by eye? I think so. I don't know. You're gonna Google it right now. Well, yeah, we got You can't just go with your. I don't know. There's pyramids on Mars, bro. What are you fucking kidding me? There's a bunch of pyramids on Mars. We can't just go like that. What was yeah, I? Yeah, we can. What was we, I'm speculating. What, what was I searching? No, it doesn't come off. Of, you didn't say you were speculating. You said oh, yeah. there's pyramids. If people on don't Mars. know, I'm speculating by now. It's... Your life is a speculation. What was I searching again? It's well, you heard about that evidence from the nuclear catastrophe on Mars, right? That's from a mainstream scientific guy, right? So something did happen on Mars. No, I don't believe planet. any of that shit because you can't see that shit from anything but fucking a thousand miles away. When you get down there and you look at that shit with your own eyes, then I'll believe some fucking stories about what might have happened. But you can't even fucking tell me what happened on Earth fucking 10,000 years ago. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> Can you see Neptune? Yeah. No, with, uh, can Uranus. Can you see Neptune for, without a telescope? Can you see Uranus from the bidet cam? It's the only major solar system planet that's never visible to the unaided eye. Ah, which one's that? Neptune. You need binoculars or a telescope. What about Uranus? Well, this one says it's the only planet that you can't see. So, but I'll search anyway for you. Yeah, but they had telescopes back then, though. Long time ago, they had. Yeah, they had. Tel- so, they if you had, had a telescope, yeah. you'd see it. They yeah. say you can even just see it with, with just binoculars. Mind you, it'd be hard to find it through a telescope at first. So this says, under most circumstances. Uranus is not visible without a telescope. But if you had a telescope, yeah. you'd see it for sure. Hmm. And I think the Egyptians had telescopes. Right? Yeah. I think so. They clearly had plumb bobs and shit, too. Yeah. No, they had. Con- they talk about concave, le- uh, con- convex, concave? convex lenses going way back. Yeah. Maybe that's what those shafts were. Big uh, telescopes? Yeah. Super telescopes. I'll bring it up when we're in Egypt. Big thanks to Mike for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you're one of the few that choose to support our work over here. Go to america.ca slash support. If you want to head over there, sign up for a monthly. Make a one-time donation, whatever you can do. It's a value for value for show. We're at 541 or 542 episodes into this bitch. If you're getting some value from the show, send some value back our way. We can't do it without you. And uh, we won't do it without the supporters. We just can't can't afford to keep going. We need you guys more than ever. Uh, especially it seems like, uh, you know, there's always people falling off with the, always people falling off. So we always need people picking up. Picking yeah, up where exactly. they dropped yeah. off. So it's not like Especially people come when once and they're there forever. For, you know, this, uh, this is our main, this is my main gig now. This is my only gig now. So, And yeah, no OnlyFans yet? Thank, no, I'm not doing the OnlyFans. No, but thank 
thank the gods for everybody's support to enable us. Grammerica.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly today. GrammericaOutlaw.ca if you want to check out our other podcast. AdultBrain.ca for all the audiobooks. Grammerica.ca slash chats. Join the chats. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Who's going to kill this sacred cow? You were never political anyhow. Since when did you start trusting in the government? Since when was it okay to ridicule and shame your neighbor? Your opinions have become, your opinions have become as fickle as artificial flavors. What matters most to you? What the TV host told you to do? Or a moral compass that points true north or true? Who's gonna kill this sacred cow? You were never religious anyhow. Since when did you kiss the ring on the hand of the Pope? Since when do we need pharmaceuticals to cope? Your soul has become, ever loving soul has become, as brittle as communion wafers. What matters most to you? What the Holy Ghost told you to do Or a moral compass that points True north, oh true I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill this sacred cow Bureaucrats think I'm non-essential anyhow Since when has our culture Become so lowbrow It's all touchscreens and nobody has any know-how Your idea of fun Your idea of fun Is taking a thousand and one photos of your duck face Matters most to you What the celebrities post told you was cool Or a moral compass that points true north Oh true I'm gonna kill This sacred cow I'm gonna kill your sacred cow I'm gonna kill Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill your sacred cow I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill 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 Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill your sacred cow